Welcome to another exciting podcast from Sydney Life Church. We've been talking about the impossible for the, for the last couple of weeks. And I just kind of want to revisit that a little bit. And uh, because I think there's still more in it for us as, as a church. And I think, um, I believe we're moving into a season of the supernatural and the impossible. But before I get there, I just wanted to... Uh, um, Share something. The um, you, you probably all know the Pope recently visited visited New York, right? Yeah. And um, I don't know if anyone saw, but uh, you know, President Obama had his motorcade, as they call it, where um, he was in his big his big jeep or whatever bulletproof jeep. Um, but the Pope decided to that he'd. Um, not only travel in his Fiat, I think it was a Fiat 500 or something, huh? I think it was that. But it's a, a little car, a really little car. It was quite funny. But um, this time around, he was adamant that he wanted to drive the car. He wasn't going to be a passenger. He wanted to drive the car. So after a great deal of discussion uh, with his driver and his, obviously his security team, he was allowed to get behind the wheel. So this was the, it made him the first Pope in history ever to drive the Pope-mobile, effectively. <laughs> um, now, because the Pope um, loves, loves um, a little bit of speed, he ended up sp- speeding down the highway and uh, was pulled over by the New York City police. <laughs> Might be true, I don't know. Might be true. <laughs> So uh, he gets pulled pull over for speeding. After doing a security check on the Pope's vehicle, the police officer realized who he was dealing with. Now, obviously not knowing quite how to handle this whole situation, he thought, well, he better contact somebody higher up in the chain, right? So he contacts the chi- uh, chief of police in New York, and um, he's, he doesn't know quite what to say to him. He says, you know, the officer... Uh, tries to communicate that the car is carrying a very important person. But he still, you know, hasn't got quite words for it. So the the chief of police asks him, so so who is it? Is it the mayor of the city? And uh, he says, no, 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 he's much more important than the mayor of the city. He says, well, is it the governor of the state of New York? He says, he is much more important than the governor of New York. He says, is it the president? He says, no, 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 this person is much more important than the president. So the officer finally concludes that it must have been God in the back, back seat. Because the Pope was his chauffeur. <laughs> I'm glad that went down, okay? So, so thank you for uh, hearing me out on that one. Um, you were born for the impossible. Who knows that? Otherwise you wouldn't have been born. Right? Now the impossible is those things that cannot be accomplished without God. Sometimes I think we put the impossible tag to something that we can achieve through natural human talent. True? The impossible I'm talking about is... That, that cannot be accomplished without God. 
Now this is a quote from Bill Johnson, and I love it. He says, You were born for the impossible. The reason God didn't take you to be with Him when you were born again is because you have the divine assignment to invade the impossible. The reality of the Christian life, listen to this, is measured by the impact on the impossible. That's our reality. The reality of the Christian life is measured by the impact on the impossible. He he goes on to say, much of what we give God credit for can be be done by the Qantas Club. You know what I mean by that? No? So uh, Qantas Club, a lot of people that belong to the Qantas Club are high profile, you know, they're high achievers. You know, so that's what he's talking about. He says, I... I don't, um, I don't mean God is not involved. I'm just saying that it, it is, um, all it is doing is tapping to human talent to accomplish what mankind can accomplish. He says, what satisfaction is there in human accomplishment? He says, there is some, but it's not really lasting. It's nothing like having cancer disappear. True? It's nothing like the mother that lost the use of one of her arms to an accident, lost three inches of bone. She couldn't grasp, couldn't raise her her arm. She couldn't pick up her two-year-old because of the surgery. She had five surgeries in four and a half years. There was nothing like watching a lady pray for her and watching God add the three inches of bone, adding all movement, all feeling, everything. Then she goes to pick up her two-year-old And her little girl says, no, mommy, broken arm. Because that's all she has heard her whole life. To then see her say to the little girl, no, it's okay now. It says, all the the buildings, he goes on to say, all the buildings I could build, all the money I could raise, seem suddenly insignificant in the moment of seeing that little girl held by her mother. I'll I'll take that over a million buildings. And that's who you are. You were born into this family. The actual spirit of the resurrected Christ took up residence in us. He is in us and he wants out. That's awesome, eh? He is in us and he wants out. This is another quote from him. It says, It is abnormal for a Christian not to have an appetite for the impossible. So it is abnormal for a Christian not to have an appetite for the impossible. It has been written into our spiritual DNA to hunger for the impossibilities around us to bow at the name of Jesus. So that's what we call to. We actually call to a life of the impossible. So should we we be running away from the impossible or should we be running to the impossible? Now, as believers, we should have an, obviously an appetite for the impossible. We should have an incredible excitement to encounter opportunities that are impossible. Why? Because seeing the, op- the impossible is an opportunity to see how truly great is, uh, t- truly how great God is. God wants to show up and show off in your life. So how is your appetite for the impossible this morning?
Let's look at the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is... Um, so this is now like... So let's think of it from God's perspective. So his kingdom is a kingdom of the possible. Right? He doesn't live in a realm of impossibilities. We obviously live in a realm of impossibilities and need him to intervene to make those impossible possibilities possible. Now, from his perspective, anything's possible. So in heaven, anything is possible. And when we tap into the heartbeat of heaven, we begin to access, from our perspective, the impossible. God... um, there must be endless possibilities in heaven. Right? And like we see in Genesis, it was God's word that birthed those possibilities. We have the same opportunity today. God is love, and love creates an as- uh, atmosphere for the impossible to become possible. We live in a world where the default um, is limitations because it's based on human effort. Fear dominates the kingdom of darkness and creates an atmosphere of doubt and unbelief that the impossible will always remain impossible. Bill, um, another quote from Bill Johnson. You can see I, like, um, I do enjoy his stuff. He says, Heaven is filled with absolute perfect confidence in God. We know that we're seated in heavenly places. This is not him. This is me, by the way. Um, we know that we are seated in heavenly places and we should have the same absolute perfect confidence in God. This world is, this is bull again, this world is filled with absolute mistrust and you and I will always reflect the nature of the world we are most aware of. What you, um, what you live conscious of is what you will reproduce in the world around you. So true, isn't it? Caroline Leaf talks about the the quantum Zeno effect. Very scientific word. But basically what what it means is whatever you think about, you'll move towards. Um, So, this is Bill. I try to live in such a way that nothing ever gets bigger in my awareness than my conscious awareness of the presence of God upon me. I don't care what the problem is. If it's an international crisis or a personal issue, the moment that problem gets bigger than my awareness of the presence of God on me, then I live in reaction to a problem. So true. I think the kingdom of heaven is all about... I think the big difference is that... um, the kingdom of heaven tends to respond rather than react. The kingdom of darkness will react. Robert Schuller says, the only place where your dream becomes impossible is in your own thinking. Now how many of us have spoken ourselves out of a dream that we once dreamed? Or we've talked ourselves out of God, uh, something that God has put in our, in our lives to do? You know, we might have started off with this incredible, wow, you know, this is incredible, there's adrenaline and it's all happening, but the, by the finish, we're, we've been beaten down, you know, things come up um, against us, 
and we finish thinking there's no way. But you know what? If you're dreaming, if what you're dreaming about doesn't require an infinite God to step into your finite life to accomplish that dream, you're dreaming or thinking way too small. God lives in in infinity, while we live in a finite realm. We need His His infinity to invade our, our lives. Hopefully by the end of this morning, you're ready to pray some big, bold prayers. Asking God to do the impossible through us. That's what we call to. That's the life that we call to, right? So let's have an appetite as a church for the impossible. Let's pray those big, bold prayers again. I love the prayer of Jabez because it's a big, bold prayer. And you know what God I lo- you know, finishes the, um, the last part of that is it says, and God granted his request because he was thinking big. He was dreaming big. He, he knew that God, uh, this infinite God, could accomplish much through and in his life. It is what we believe and what we accept that limits our life because um, God has not stopped, ever stopped us. He's, he's never said to us, you can't do this or that, but rather, in fact, we stop ourselves. He says to us, all things are possible to those who believe. Now, isn't that amazing? All things are possible to those who believe. That's like a blank check for life. Isn't it? He's saying, come on, what do you want to see from this life? Do you want to get... Um, what are people going to say about you at your, at your funeral? Are they going to go, well, he was a really good person, you know, which is great. But what if they said, you know, he or she was a person that dreamed big, that prayed big prayers and be- believed God for the impossible in their life. But not only believed, they saw the impossible become the possible. The world is crying out for people who dream like that, who dream about the impossible and believe for the impossible. Because you know what? They might not know your name, but they will they would have felt a piece of heaven through your interaction with them. John 3 verse 3 says, Jesus replied, I tell you the the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? Like, poor Nicodemus, he was like, Jesus was talking, obviously from a heavenly perspective, he was like stuck on in his little, in his earthly thinking. He says, how can a man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? That's pretty funny, right? 
is like, Jesus, what are you, what are you going on about? Um, and I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with, with somebody where you start to build a perception of what they're saying to you. And what they're talking about um, is totally contrary, you know, what you're thinking about is totally contrary to their intention. Um, I heard a funny story about, it's um, in American context, they got this, um, this couple was invited over to, to a family's home and they said, oh, come over, um, you know, it'll be great to catch up and, and we've got pigs in a blanket. And, uh, and this other, it was a South African guy, so forgive him. He was like, fantastic, guys, went to his kids, guys, they got pigs in a blanket. He says, that is amazing. These, these guys, I mean, like people have dogs, they've got cats, but they, they look after their pigs so well. He's like, he's like kids, remember the kids, the, the pigs from the, um, the uh, three, uh, um, three Little Pigs? Like that, you know, we'll go, we'll go over, we'll, we'll see these pigs, we can play with them. Um, <laughs> so he said they, they went over to the house and uh, the kids were all excited and see pigs in a blanket. And uh, I've never seen this before. So I walk into the house, no pigs, no pigs in the blanket. Where, where are these pigs? So they were just calm and collected and maybe, just take it easy. Maybe they're going to, like, maybe they got it in the back room or something. Um, and uh, <laughs> he said, so, so they, like, through, through the night, they, their hopes of seeing the pig, pigs in the blanket um, was reduced to the, to the point where this person then brought out what he called pigs, pigs in a blanket, <laughs> which were apparently like hot dogs, aren't they? They're like hot dogs in, yeah, wrapped in pastry. <laughs> so, that's, um, so that's just a little example of, about how something can be misconstrued. So um, next time you get invited over to somebody's house and they're saying, come over for pigs in a blanket, you know what I'm talking about, what they're talking about. So Jesus is obviously talking about um, he's talking about heavenly things. While Nicodemus is um, still very, very much viewing things from an earthly perspective. Before you can achieve the impossible, you need to what believe the impossible. Your life will never go any further than what you believe about your life and about yourself. You know what, if you think you were a loser, if you think that you're a victim, well, in fact, you will be exactly that. Because you know why? Because you'll make decisions, loser decisions, or victim mentality decisions. You will certainly get what you believe. Henry Ford said, whatever you say you can or you can't, you're right. You know, God has deposited... like. Uh, um, spoke about before, he's deposited an incredible piece of infinity, a piece of him in our spiritual DNA. And we have an incredible opportunity to access that and access the impossible and bring the impossible into the possible realm. In order to achieve the impossible, we have to firstly believe for the impossible because your life will never rise above what you believe. So as you sit here today, what do you believe about your life? 
We've all had those special people in our, in our lives saying, you can't do that. That's crazy. Why would you want to do that? Keep dreaming. The kids were watching um, The Soul Surfer. Who's seen that movie? No? Okay. Yes? No? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay, good. What's well, a... Um, it's a movie about a... Uh, it's actually a, uh, an amazing movie, if you haven't seen it. It's a, about a Christian um, family, and um, the, all the kids are actually homeschooled, but they're passionate about surfing. Uh, Bethany Hamilton is the, uh, the daughter um, of this family, in this family. And she's, she's passionate about surfing, really good at surfing, but gets attacked by a shark in Hawaii, and it takes off her left arm and um, the story journeys through obviously the tragedy, her recovery and then how she gets back in the water and actually then goes on to win some major championships with no left arm but she says something she said something really interesting when she was getting back into the water after the, the shark attack this was the first time she was getting back on the board and her dad said to her that it's not going to be easy Bethany's response is that was that she didn't need easy. What she needs is the possible. She then said, "With all all things, uh, with with God, all things are possible." Uh, Albert Hubbard. What could she, uh, anyone heard of Albert Hubbard? No. Uh, he said, this is a quote from him, he said, no one gets very far unless he accomplished the impossible at least once a day. That's a challenge, isn't it? But that's what we call to. We, we call to a life of the impossible because God wants to show up and show off in your life. So what is it that you believe about yourself in your life? Do you believe that God can accomplish the impossible through you? You know, um, Gideon is a great story, and I love this because he, this poor guy, he's like, he's going, I'm the lowest of the low. I'm not only the lowest of the low, like my family's the lowest of the low. And God, God visits him and he says, he calls him out. He calls him out. So he's, he's scared because he's hiding from the Midianites. And God calls him out and says, you mighty man of valor. Isn't that interesting? God often will call you out according to what you're really struggling with. (laughs) This guy is scared. He's hiding. He's the least of the least. He's like... And you know what? God turns up and he... (laughs) He sees one sign. So, you know, like I said earlier, runs away, gets the offering. It gets consumed up by the angel. Angel disappears. He goes, hang on, God. Um, Can you just give me one more chance, like one more sign? I'm not quite sure if that was you. Um, so, um, So God confirms that for him. And, um, but he's scared. He's just a normal man. He's scared. And uh, God, talk, God calls him back to his first assignment, which is really interesting, 
was to go back to his family and sort out his family. You know, if we're not believing for the impossible in our family, forget it. Forget about believing for the impossible out there. You know, often people feel like they need to travel to see the impossible. They feel like they need to go to Africa or somewhere else. And I'm saying, Nat, please, I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't go, but I'm just saying um, often people have this mindset that I've got to go a long way to see the impossible. How about just going next door to see the impossible? And that's exactly what jo- um, not Joshua, Gideon had to do. He had to go sort it out the family business first. He had to go home and make things right at home first. And I encourage you today, believe for the impossible in your home, in your own home. Because you know what? You start to see God showing up in your home. It has an incredible uh, impact and influence on those around you, your kids, your extended family. And then, you know what? Then Then you know that when you go out, you can be confident in that, in that, um, in God's ability to show up and show off in your life. Romans twelve verse twelve says, "Do not co- do not copy the behavior and customs or patterns of this world, but be, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think." Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know, at some stage, Gideon had to change the way he viewed himself and what God had called him to. God had called him to free a nation. Uh, Gideon. But he realized that uh, God has called you to free a nation. But God has called all of us to free. To, to a life of freedom. And, um, you know, in the natural, you look at Gideon's story, and it, it was actually all about Gideon's, God was wor- walking and developing Gideon's character throughout the whole story. God, <laughs> God says to Gideon, gather some men. So he gathers, I think, 30... Got the number 30,000. 32,000, thank you. Now, they were up against the Midianites, which uh, apparently they looked like the sand on the seashore. They were just everywhere. But God was going, you know what, Gideon? It's not up to you. It's not up to the 30,000. It's up to me. This is something, um, this is my opportunity to show you the impossible. And he, he says to, if Gideon calls the 30,000, God says, too many. It's like Gideon's going, now I'm really scared. What, what do you mean, like too many? We need as many as we, you know, can, can muster. So, he, he then, we know the story goes down to the, um, he says, take them down to the river. Whoever drinks with their hands, keep. 
whoever drinks with their mouths or um, kneels down and drinks with their mouths, let them go. Oh, actually, before that, sorry. He says, if anyone is scared, um, you're free to go. And so he loses... Um, he loses 22,000, which leaves him with 10,000. So God's saying there's still too many. He takes him down to the, to the river. Only 300 drink with their hands. Whoa. So 9,700 men get sent home. Gideon's going, whoa. But you know what God does? He goes, forget about the... Forget about the normal means of warfare. Take the trumpets and the pots. It's like that, doesn't, that does not make sense. But that's the God of the impossible, right? And we know the story that then they go on to, they blow the trumpets and break the pots and it creates incredible confusion in the camp of the Midianites and they destroy themselves. God could show up and show his glory. So back to Romans 12, verse 12. In the context, context of um, not, not copying the behavior or the customs of this world, you will never know the will of God for your life unless you change the way you think. Unless you're willing to transform your mind, you will never know how good God's will is for your life. As long as you remain locked down and thinking earthly things, you will not experience the heavenly things that, God's, that God wants to show you. So how are we responding to challenges um, and opportunities in our lives? Are we running away from them or are we embracing them, saying, Lord, here is an opportunity for, for you to show your stuff. Here is an opportunity for you to shine. Here is an opportunity for you to show your love, grace, and power. Thank you for this impossible situation in my life. As I will begin to see how good you really are, how amazing you are. That's a different mindset, isn't it? This, that, this, is, a, this is an incredible key. God wants to transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. What gives us hope for the possible, is that we have a God that is not scared about the impossible. He, he lives in the possible. All things are possible for those who believe because God is working on your behalf. So we need to ask ourselves where our mind is. What are the thoughts that we have been thinking? Have we been locked into earthly things? Maybe the problems we're experiencing... On the past, people, uh, things people have said, stresses of tomorrow, God wants you to take your mind of all those things and set them on heavenly things. God will use barriers in your life. Don't be discouraged when you get opposition. God gives you a word. A dream. Don't, dis- don't be discouraged when you get our, uh, opposition. So he will use barriers in your life where others have said that you would never get past or over. 
so that his power, glory, and glory can be made evident or manifest on this earth. So it's time to start believing in the impossible. Once we start believing in the impossible, we'll start to see the impossible. That's what, you know, that's what Jesus was talking about. You know, unless you're born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. So let's start believing for the impossible so we can see the impossible. You know, we all go through stages in our lives where we have a little bit of stinking thinking at times. We don't think God's ways or heavenly ways. We don't, uh, and we don't think how great God is, but rather focus on how great your problems may be. You know, I don't know if anyone's ever been to an all-inclusive resort. Anyone been to an all-inclusive resort? How good are they? But it takes some time to actually unwind, right? To change your thinking. Because, you know, at these resorts you get a band, like on your wrist, and everything's for free. You go to the pool, or, or, um, order, a, order a hamburger, and you're like, how much is that going to cost? No, it's free. What if I put some cheese on there? Oh, it's free. Double cheese? No, free. And it takes our mind, even, even, you know, we're so conditioned to go into a restaurant going through the menu and go, oh, no, that's, oh, that's a bit pricey, you know. But, um, but at, the, at these all-inclusive resorts, it's all free. There's nothing, nothing that you can't have. And that's the blank check I'm talking about that God gives us for our lives. Do you realize that this is, this is the same thing that God has done in our lives? We've been living down here and he wants us to lift our eyes so that we can see what is like having an almighty God that is for you and not against you. So often we think that God is disappointed in us. Um, but he is totally for us. You know, we've been kind of picking the cheapest things off the menu of life and thinking, oh, I just kind of deserve that or my family has always been like that, so I'm just going to choose that. You know what? You are a child of the Most High King. You are a child of an Almighty God and he is saying that is all included. He has paid the price. You know, whether... You know, if you, think, if, you, if you think of the ocean and you take a cup of water, if this is me, or take this bottle, fill it with water, and if this is my life and I empty it into the sea, if God is the, the sea of infinity, if God is that sea, and I empty my life into that sea... Would it make much of a difference? Not really. But God, so whether I turn up 1 out of 10 or 10 out of 10, God is still doing incredible things. So what I'm saying 
is that don't discount what God can do in your life. Because it's actually not about you. It's about Him. And you know what? If At the moment, if you can just show up 1 out of 10, you know, God will use that. If you can show up 10 out of 10, great. But God will still use that. True, because it's about what He's doing and about who you are in Him. If He gave, his son the great, give, uh, gave us His Son the greatest gift that could ever be given, why would He not give all things? So some of you may think you don't deserve certain things. And you're 100% correct before Jesus paid the full price for you and made you righteous. You know, the, the Bible says about the, right, the prayers of the righteous avail much. You know, we believe that, don't we? We all believe that. We all believe that promise. What we really struggle with is the righteous part. How can I be righteous? But God's saying, I've made you righteous. So when we start to operate from that perspective, everything changes. So what are we going to do with this? How do we get lion den faith like Daniel had? Daniel renewed his mind every single day. He focused on the impossible. He focused on a God of the impossible. And, you know, we read about the story about Daniel's, Daniel in the lion's den. But again, you know, he was just a man. But in, with incredible, incredible connection with, with his an impossible God. So he knew that being low down into that lion's den, that God, that God would be him, uh, be with him, and that God would deliver him from that situation. So let's dare again to pray some big things. Let's dare to, to pray and make the impossible possible. Let's start with our families. And that might be a church, our church family. Let's start here. Because you know what? We start to access the impossible in our lives. And you know, it's not just you that is impacted. There are many others waiting for you. True. Waiting for you to access the impossible. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think I'm done, guys. Um, So that's... um, Musicians, do you want to come up and... You know, we've, we've been focusing on this, this for the last month. And, but I do want to see the impossible. 
in all of our lives. So let's start, let's start to believe that God is at work. Let's not limit the way we view our lives or but let's focus on the one who can make all things possible. But you have a role to play in that. He has chosen us to work through us. So let's stand to our feet right now. Church, thank you. This has been another podcast from Sydney Life Church. For more teaching and resources, please head to our website, sydneylifechurch.com.